This is Two Shy Guys a Mile High, and we're going to run it like through. Yo, yo, we are back. It's two shot guys a mile high, two CGMH. You in the building with your boy P. Will, aka Mr. Feel Good. What's good? What's good? It's your boy WB. Come fly with me, but you can't fly boat free. It's your boy Al Digger, the architect. We still building, bro. We still building. <laughs> Sticking to the script, man. You know what I'm saying? It the don't architect. Got us, it don't got us here. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. ride around your lips. <laughs> <laughs> man, listen. This is how it be every every time we record, man. We just be giving each other flag and crap. So, you no, know, I, I expect it. You know, so it's, it's, it's that's how it is. When you got your team, you know, you you just be who you are, and they're not going they're not gonna judge. You just gonna have fun with it. So, man, thank you. Uh, how y'all feeling, man? Hey, man, I'm feeling blessed, man. It's been a it's been a long year, man. It's getting towards the end. Son just had a birthday, so, man, I'm feeling good. Mom's had a birthday, so I'm feeling good, man. Just been in a good place, you know, with taking his ups and downs, man. And uh, But just been trying to enjoy it and then continue to maintain. So I'm doing well, man. Mm, mm. How about yourself? Man, just just learning. Been been really learning. I'm, I'm finishing up my entrepreneur and uh, small business. Scene. So my end of... The summer, I should be like literally, quote unquote, certified. But you know, you take like ninety hours of, of courses and stuff like that at, at Highline. Um, so when I left corporate, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was like, well, I know I have to make a shift and and do some other things. And of course, you know, wifey was uh, building up the center and things like that. So I was like, man, um, what would make sense? Especially this was before pandemic. This was like right before the pandemic. And so I was like, what would make sense to go back to do? And and they was gonna pay me to do it, so it was a win-win for me. And so just finishing that up, man, with the with the capstone project, which is a, another business plan that um, me and another one of my colleagues are coming up with. So that's gonna allow me to develop that in the class, and you know, come out with something that can hopefully help some folks. So more to come on that, man. So just you know, just keeping keeping growth up, man. That's all. Really. Okay, while we out here clowning, you balling. So I, I just not see you doing good. <laughs> Put on the on, on the gas, man. You know, no matter what. So, how you how you doing, dude? man? It's your boy WB. WB. I'm I'm good. I've been definitely in them trenches with grad school, <laughs> learning a lot, um, which is kind of good because in this episode we're going to be talking about education. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a it's been a journey, been a struggle, but it's been kind of one that's been pushing me um to levels and heights that I've never knew that I had to go. Um, learning new computer languages, trying to be better organized, learning how to manage my time. Um it can be a lot and there is also somebody who rides with me through that um through everything that i go through so before we ask our guest of the day um how she is doing i just want to get a little bit of a short introduction for her so uh this person is uh known as queen b i would say (laughs) mrs b somebody that's in the trenches with us I would say she is a hidden figure behind Two Shy Guys a Mile High, one of the other three, 
<laughs> I mean, definitely one that sacrifices a lot, sacrifices a lot of her time, too, because, you know, while we down here in the lair in the basement at the spade table, um, she's up there awake. And that's all because we have guests here and we got to record. We got to do what um, we got to do to get us a quality product. So she's been with us for two years as well, too. Um, yeah, right, right, right. A person that's pushed me personally to levels and heights that I never knew existed in my life. And I thank God for that. Thank God for her on a daily basis. A person that is always an educator or learner. And uh, I would say that she's one of my favorite and best teachers. And also at the same time, one of the toughest graders that I've ever had in life. But, you know, <laughs> I'm probably the type of dude that needs that. You know what I'm saying? So it served me well at the same time. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Queen B, Mrs. B. <laughs> Hey, welcome, welcome to the lair. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> Truly happy to be here um, with you guys today. I feel special. I appreciate and want to thank you in advance for the invite <laughs> and being a part of this. Yes, I've been behind, I guess, a part of the journey in the background, but... I am truly honored and excited to be here with you guys today to talk to you guys. I know I know all of you personally, and we talk outside of here and joke a lot. Um, but I know y'all guys have had major dedication to this project um, and putting it out there, putting the content out there. And I know I see a lot of the hours that happens behind the scenes to make this happen. And I am proud of all of you and definitely the growth and the content that's come out over the last year. And I just want to give you guys y'all flowers, yeah, right? right? And um, say that um, it's, it's, it's great to see. And I've definitely seen personal growth in all of you and y'all's projects from the beginning till now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how you feeling? How you doing? You know what I'm saying? You're obviously making history, the first female guest on the podcast. So <laughs> you're doing things yeah. as you normally do. Both are gone where nobody's ever <laughs> gone before. Uh, so how are you feeling overall? Um, I'm feeling good uh good and i feel i'm happy to be able to say i feel good yeah um there is a, just a lot been going on you know we all have a lot of things going on personally a lot of things going on professionally oh, that no. you know we have to deal with on a regular basis but no i'm feeling good um i'm happy to be here and to talk about the content of something that's very near and dear to me um education oh, in general mm -hmm. um like I said i am a teacher i've been teaching for 10 plus years now. Thank you for your service. Um, one thing I would, I'm um, just trying to get people some context because we know you, you know what I'm saying? But how did you even get here in the first place where you've been able to be a teacher for 10 years? Can you tell us about Man, your journey? Where you from? Who you with? Your mama, them? Cousin, them? How you got to man? WB come fly with me. Oh, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother education. A quick little synopsis. I'm pretty sure a story oh, had to get We're going to stick to education today. At least when uh, y'all met. All right, we can all right cool. Okay. That'll come in the story, Don. But. Okay. No, I'm, I'm always up for a good story, no matter what it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but education-wise, uh, actually, I was born in Sumter, South Carolina military person my dad's retired military air force oh, yeah. so kind of military brat here there and everywhere thank you for thank your you service for master sergeant <laughs> got philosophy dun, 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 dun. bars and stars i'm saluting you can't see me but i got you bro um and in growing up i had the experience you know moving a lot right mm. so school was always kind of a consistent thing because that's one thing my mom always made sure 
we were registered and ready to go. Was mm-hmm. to school. <laughs> um, so I just I can remember all my teachers from kindergarten, probably up until I got to middle school, where you know you started getting multiple educators. But I feel like elementary is always important because those are the first educators you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I always kind of talked a lot. Okay, <laughs> you know, I was that kid. Like, oh, you know, she just talks. She has so much to say. You know, mm. all these great things that she would say. And my mom was always like, uh, well, she's talking. She must be bored. You need to give her more to do. Give her something else. Challenge her. It is what it is. Uh, when I went to fourth grade, I met my fourth grade teacher, Miss Freeman. I will never forget this woman. She was the first person that looked at my talking as a gift. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. like, I feel like you talk a lot because you have a lot to say. And if people really listen to you, what you're saying makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, she told me, she's like, either you're going to grow up to be a teacher or a lawyer. And I kind of took it around with that. Like once I kept matriculating through school, I got to into high school and I'm like, okay, what am I going to go to college for? You know, everybody's in college. What am I going to do? I did my research. I was like, Ooh, college, you got extra school after school, another Mm. one, four years of law school. Then I got to take a test that determines whether or not I can do this job that I went to school for. I was like, Oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't risk it on a test. I can't risk it. So literally that was kind of my deciding factor of, I'm like, I'm gonna go with education because I'm hoping I can have the same impact that that teacher had on me taking right. some things that may have been looked looked at by most as a deficit and mm-hmm. turned it into something positive. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Keep, wow. keep going. So third, you said third, that was fourth grade. That was fourth, fourth grade. grade. And then from that point on, you were like, man, this is just, I see, I see it clearly. Or was there like, that was, was it. it. Nope. And I got a question about, you, about mm-hmm. you saying you moved around military brass. So you moved around school to school. I'm having the same kind of experience with bringing my son out here from Chicago and having him acclimate to a different school. How was it uh, navigating to those different schools, meeting new people, do all of that stuff? So you ain't consistently having the same friends and seeing the same people all the time and having the same teachers where you kind of grow up and see them and they see you kind of grow. How was that like having those different teachers and how were you able to navigate uh, seeing so many different faces early on and throughout your life? It wasn't. I guess as I look at it as a kid, it wasn't fun, you know, because it's hard. Like you said, you're, I don't have consistent friends. You may hear people like, oh, we've been friends since kindergarten, you right. know, and now you're in middle school or high school and you've experienced just life together. Um, but I think my mom had a big role in that and kind of keeping things positive because she always kind of told us when we moved to a new place or a new school, she was like, this is an opportunity for you yeah. to reinvent yourself. Wow, no absolutely. one knows you. Wow. No one knows, you know, what may have happened there or beforehand. This is a time for you to reinvent yourself and make the most of this new opportunity. And I always kind of looked at us moving like that. I was like, okay, you know, I may have gotten in trouble for doing some random ish there. (laughs) You know, teachers may think I talk too much here or um, I'm an outspoken child or um, in some words, you know, uh, hearing the word I'm articulate actually became a negative thing Mm. at some point. Um, it was a positive thing. My mom was like, this gives you what, you know, it was really a conversation we moved. What are you going to do different this time that you didn't do before that's going to put you in a better place where you're happier with meeting the people that you meet and learning about people and friends and different culture. And one thing I could say about being in the military, really from until I was almost in fifth grade, I technically went to school on base. So it was almost like experiencing private school, right? Mm, Because all of us were in the military, 
all of us knew what it was like to have a military parent when your parent one parent's gone all the time or not there um and for us all of us that was our commonality even though we all looked very different yeah so i felt like i was always exposed to a lot of cultures and religions at an early age that had that shared experience right there because of everybody's moving around and and that's the that's the key piece i was thinking about as you were saying that like y'all don't know each other but y'all have a a, a already kind of i don't want to say artificial community built in Mm -hmm. but you have an artificial kind of commonality as we're on base together and so all the kids usually kind of hang out usually right if they're not like just crazy kids you're right no it's a community Mm -hmm. i feel i consider the military a family like even though we joke oh air force army you know marines coast guard all these people that give for our country but key thing is we're all giving yeah everybody knows and we know and it's like we yeah we were bonded and we had that close connection but that's what we knew like you said that's what pulled us together and we were a family and we looked out for each other you can always relate on something underlying Right. right. When I, you when you ship it out again, you know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, well, look, look me up because I'll be in Japan at some point or whatever. And then now you guys are drawn on all these experiences together because, hey, you going over there? Okay, I see y'all maybe in two years. Oh, mm-hmm. you, your dad is over here. Okay, my mom is. And then their family is probably tight too. Right. You know, so it's it, it goes to what, what I've heard is that you were told this is something that you're gifted at. Somebody believed in you enough to tell you that yep. and then you had a community of, of people around you even though you're moving your mother was able to communicate to you like hey take this as an opportunity so you were always communicating you know kind of your wants and and, and yep. you had a good support system you know to at least guide you a through great some of one. those times a great one and you know my dad was always gone like I think I really didn't understand until I got older how much he was gone you know, because I think my mom did a great job of keeping us involved. I was a Girl Scout. Yes. True Girl Scout. You know, I was a Girl Scout. I played softball. You know, my brother was in Boy Scout. She, we went to the library on a regular basis. We had story time. My mom um, really pushed us, I guess, to keep us involved. So maybe we didn't realize my dad was gone. Yeah. Mm. So I looked at it for a long part of my life. My mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Holding it down. Holding it down. We love you out here, girl. All the single moms. Um, so one thing I listened to you speak, um, talking about being um, articulate and teachers, making it seem like that was a detriment. Do you now, as you have grown into your life today, do you perhaps feel that some teachers were kind of projecting their images of black women? onto you about you know well i think that black women are loud and and speaking all the time i'm going i'm I'm gonna try to tone that down a little bit early oh no absolutely Hmm. absolutely um i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it believe it or not that fourth grade teacher was she wasn't my first black teacher but she was my first black teacher that i felt was loved herself like Hmm. she had Hmm. a she was tall she always wore a lip you know, always had a big earring, wore a fade, like a box top fade. Like I can see this woman vividly to this day. To this day, to this day. But in second grade, I had a black teacher too, Miss Kelly. But Miss Kelly was a different portrayal of a black woman. She was that black woman that I feel had already been kind of whitewashed. Mm-hmm. You know, she never really yelled. She Drinking never raised her voice. Yeah, she was a different, <laughs> I mean, not, not to speak to her, what she taught me as a teacher. But as a vision of what a black woman was, I feel like if anybody I'm emulating now, it would be Miss Freeman, my fourth grade teacher, who was that loud, outspoken, you know, I'm going to say something and maybe apologize later because I feel like right now in this moment, you need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, absolutely. I do feel like that was some, 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 some. They she was. They were trying to cultivate something very different early on. Mm-hmm. That that's a and that's that's crucial too that y'all mentioned that because as especially as we change in education and and how we're teaching our children, like educators have to be aware of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I and 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 now me coming into this space of early childhood development, um, early childcare things like that. I'm learning about okay the things that we think they should know it's they don't know it like that like we have to give them that grace and kind of teach them and show them but but most children that, that i've seen and i've worked with unfortunately they don't have this the, the two-parent homes they don't have the support systems you know what i'm saying and and they get kind of caught up in that in that system of you're going to be this way right like you were saying you had an experience where the teacher was like you either gonna do this or this you just so happen to have a love for that. You know, what if a teacher were telling you something, you need to go over here and just, you know, sit in the corner and do nothing. You know what I'm saying? They're pouring into them that type of, you know, uh, venomous, you know, dreams. But, you know, you had a teacher that at least poured into you in a positive way. Have Have you seen, I just thought about the question, have you seen education change in in a better way as far as supporting children or you think it's getting... It's getting worse. And I don't want to be too polarizing, but I know there's all in between. But do you think it's getting better as far as supporting the child? Or do you think it's getting getting worse? I'm going to say it's the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess I feel like it's not. I feel progress is being made in different places. I feel academically we are making positive pushes in the content and the curriculum and things we know we need to share. But then when it comes to socially, emotionally and behaviorally, we're getting supports and it's now being talked about more like just mental health in general is a is, is a big, you know, big conversation, big topic for a lot of people. Mm. But a lot of the systems that we already have in place aren't made for our brown children. Mm, so a lot of things that, yeah. you know, we're taught or we're we are taught as educators, you know, to diffuse the situation, just like anything, you know, um, you know, for me, like a question, they'll be like, oh, is this task the student? you know, is this a good choice right now? Like if they're doing something, you know, outside of the rules, outside of your expectations, is this a good choice? Mm. For some kids, that's a logical, good question. It's a good question for all kids, right? But for some kids, depending on who they are, depending on how they're raised, who their mama is, what environment they grew up, for me to ask you, is this a good choice? They're going to look at you like, lady, this is a dumb question. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're patronizing. Like, what do you mean? Am I? You know <laughs> I'm breaking a rule. Like for them, it's almost like a thought of, you're asking, you're trying to be funny. You're asking me a question of something you already know the answer to. So I feel for some kids, it's not as positive or as effective. And a lot of these social emotional learning curriculum and programs that are putting into schools, they weren't built thinking about brown people. Mm, yeah. You yeah, know, that's, yeah, that's just like behavior. Fair. Some teachers, you know, they'd be like, oh, I don't yell at children, you know. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be raising our voices, educators. You know, that, 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 you know, it could cause trauma. It could be mm-hmm. traumatic. It could be a trigger. All these T words, right? But <laughs> do, 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 do. sorry, but, <laughs> but in your house, think about your mama. Some people's mama, right? Always talking loud. Yelling is the volume of understanding, correct? So me coming to you and being like, you know, do you understand what's going on? And having a, a really calm, personal conversation, they don't understand that language, mm-hmm. you know, for you. But then when I say Get yourself together, have a seat, sit down. You know, you have that little more bass in your voice, and they're like, oh, oh, 
That's okay. All right. That's all. Right now. Stand line. <laughs> eyes get big. Oh, hey, oh, for real. Oh, is she serious? Oh, yeah. man. That tone don't change. <laughs> right. She run a tight ship, boy. I go up in there. I'll be like, God. I'll be laughing a little bit, but then she come home. You know what I'm saying? Be the same way. Be in line at the crib. You feel me? <laughs> nah. Um... I think we took a little bit of a pit stop where you started talking about your elementary school experience, but we never talked about how you got further as we went through high school, um, college, that type of stuff. Right. So I guess to tie into kind of Phil's question of personal. So I met my my, my partner here at Florida A&M, the illustrious FAMU. That's where we met, and um, that's where... I guess that seed was planted of me pursuing my educational career. Um, Believe it or not, when I first was in school, I always knew I wanted to teach, but I didn't think I was going to go the elementary route. I Mm -hmm. thought I was going to do high school. I wanted to do literature, literacy. I love books. I like reading. So initially, I went to school for English to do secondary education. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was my path. And then, you know, started school. Why fam you? (sighs) I wanted to be around black people. <laughs> All black people. That makes yeah, sense. No, uh, no, no, that's no, a great no, question. No. Um, I chose FAMU because being in the military, yeah, we're mixed, but even in the military, there's not a lot of people that look like me or that are ranked like my father was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really wanted that experience. Uh, elementary school was mostly majority white schools. Um, middle school was kind of my first mixed school. You know, not even like mixed as in half, but you know, just more little, brown, little, little Hispanic, you know, <laughs> yeah, more people. Yeah. Um, and my high school was the same. So when it kind of came down to where I wanted to go, I was like, I've never been around all people that look like black, me. Black, black, yeah, black, black, black. all that. <laughs> so it was exciting to me <laughs> to want to be in that environment and experience black people like that, yeah, you know? So right. And so that's why I chose fam. And even when I got there, I tell people, I was like, I love my family experience. Would never trade it for anything. Um, but it was a culture shock. Because even though we were all black, there was different black. Kodak. All walks. Yes. Of the spectrum. And I had to learn. You know, I, I'll never forget. I was in, we're in like African-American studies class, which is required. You have to take an African-American history class to graduate from FAMU. And I was, I forgot the conversation. We're talking about something. And I was, I made the comment in general statement. This way they'd be, you know, putting people, blankets and bubbling people together. I was like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm like, we're all black. You know, we're all African-American. And that's where I messed up. Mm. Cause then, you know, this girl stands up. I'll never forget her. She stands up and she's like, I'm not African-American. And I was like, so Chris, at first I'm looking at her like, Girl, please. (laughs) You was, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she gets up and she's like, I am Kenyan. She's like, I'm from Kenya. She goes, I'm African. You know, and at first I was just, once again, I was like, I listened, you know, because I could tell for her it was something personal. She was passionate about what she was telling me. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm Kenyan. I was like, okay, got you. But that taught me, you know, of course the conversation went on in class, but that kind of taught me in that. There's, we are all black, but in that, in, under that, there's this umbrella of mm-hmm. I'm African, I'm Guyan, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, and then not to mention just cultures and pockets of African people. We got people, you know, family, everybody's repping their county. You know, I'm Pope from, from Pope County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I just want to turn it up. 
you know, everybody had, <laughs> there are all these different little pockets of things within that. But I had to learn, you know, it's different here. And that's something I didn't know until I got there. But even in that, I guess for me, I was like, yes, we are all different within our culture of being black people. But across the street, everybody knows the Florida State University, right? We're literally across train tracks from them, literally. Right. And I guess in my mind, I looked at her and I was just like, you're right, in this place, in our <laughs> bubble of love, we are brown and I respect that you're Kenyan and I respect that you're this and that and we're all these different colors. But those people across the street, you black, period. Period. There's no lines of delineation yeah. there. It's, and, and that's what, and that's, and in Western culture, that it teaches us that right there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just black, white. You know, you fit in this bubble, right? And it's, and it's, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I think that's the same type of experience I had. You know, I think we talked about on, on earlier episodes where, um, with Joe Lamista Mati, you know, my first experience with just, just African culture was at college, but. My mother had introduced me there because she was in the community hospital and she was working with, you're talking about doctors, you know, just people of prestige, you know, in these in these surgical areas. And I learned about their culture that way, too. So it wasn't such a shock to me when I went to college. I was like, OK, I get it. There's different tribes, different things like that. Um, but that's what I think really in, in college when I really got to understand just how vast it was. I mean, 40, 50 different countries represented, you know, at my school. So. Go back to what you were saying, though. Like, how did how did that shape kind of you going forward from that point on? Because that had to be something like you said. It was like, whoa, all right. Let me let me let me be more aware now of yes. where I'm at. It eye opening experience, but I but that's what I wanted. I went there to you know have that experience, right? So yeah. it may not have came the way I wanted it, but I got it. It was served no matter <laughs> what, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and after that, it was just amazing to be all the professors. I think all my professors I had were black women and men. And I think I loved seeing them kind of said these women, these women, men and women of prestige, right? These elite people that, you know, my first teacher, he was an amazing man. He would come in, write some dates, some stuff on the board, and then just start talking. And we all be like, wait, do we take notes? What's on the test? You know, we're so caught up. He was like, that's y'all's problem. You're so caught up what's being on the test. I'm beyond that. He's like, you need to try to learn and take from me what it is you can. Right now I'm speaking knowledge beyond what you'll get from my class and it's up to you to research it he was a big person about that and i think that not just him but at fam in general you don't have to take my word for what i'm telling you anything it is up to you if you really want to know to research this and look forward and know for yourself you know he always was like you should never trust what one man tells you about anything that it is that you need to know to your background search yeah check it out look it up i forgot to do our shameless plug it is homecoming weekend we don't be dating episodes all the time but it is our homecoming weekend you know what i'm saying they had first take down there and everything boy i was like why didn't they have all that man it looked like it was lit but shout out to everybody down there hopefully y'all being safe y'all partying safe and having a good time you know what i'm saying and and remembering who is coming up to you asking hey you remember me you know so all those interactions that we love to hear about have a great time down there that's right. Strike, strike, strike again. Yeah, that's right. All right. Let's keep this moving. <laughs> <laughs> looking like, all right. So you just became aware of something completely new. Yeah. No, but that's good, man. You got to wrap, you know, especially learning those experiences, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are invaluable. Like, I mean, we all talked about our college experiences and stuff and how, for, for us, that was completely different in my own family of going to college, right? And learning something new but i think the the thing that we all share is that 
insatiable thirst for learning, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we're here doing this now. This is not necessarily just for us, right? We're getting out some things and we're talking about it, but hopefully as people hear this, they go, huh, okay, I didn't I didn't know that, but I, I had the same experience. And they can kind of, you know, draw some some learnings from that and not go through maybe some of that some of that um, hard lessons that we have to learn or even some good lessons, right? Right. You no, know? absolutely. But I think even in my household, talking about education, are you saying all of a sudden, my dad was not about college. My dad didn't go to college. Hmm. So he went straight, straight from high school military. into the military. So for wow. him, it was really interesting in our household because we always had both those spectrums. My mom did, you know, go to college. She graduated also, shameless plug for another HBCU at Benedict College in, in South Carolina. Right. And she was always the voice of reason of, oh, she got her degree in social work. And she's like, oh yeah, college is a great option. You know, I, I just want you and your brother to have it. Whatever you decide, she was kind of like, you know, yeah, have the opportunity. But on the other hand, my dad was just like, you don't have to go to college to be great. You know, he, you know, he so and I and I always had both of those. He was like, you can go into the military. He believed in a trade, but it made sense, and it still makes sense. I mean, my parents' upbringing, right? That age time, people had trades. You worked hard, you saved your money, and you're successful. Or in that time frame expectation of what successful was right, right you know right, i feel our right. vision of successfulness has been changed. dramatically changed mm-hmm. by the course of so many things um but yeah my house that was kind of the either or both my brother and i took the education route i think he kind of knew it early on that i definitely was not going into the military <laughs> and my brother probably just did it more out of spite <laughs> just mm-hmm. like eh, not for me you know kind of thing um but just after FAMU, after graduating, um, I graduated and I actually stayed kind of in Tallahassee because uh-huh. opportunities, you know, of course, just opening up people I'd worked with. I'd always kind of worked like an after school and different, different grant programs that supported kids in the education field while I was attending school. Nice. That's what I was going to ask you. What was your first like uh, big opportunity after graduation and uh, getting into the field? Tune in on the next episode of Two CGMAs to find out.